Teacher, what star is that? Peace to the planet. This is Adisa Banjoko. This is Bishop Chronicles, farsidetv.com, bishopchronicles.com, you know? So I'm not starting my show regularly because of the shootings in Ohio and the shootings in El Paso, Texas, and the shootings here in California and Gilroy. I have been talking about and promoting nonviolence for more than a decade, and when I started this, for people that knew me, I, you know, I came from a very kind of um, black, radical, hard left place. And I was absolutely always down to die for my people. And I was always absolutely um, unafraid to be willing to be violent. But the more that I read, the more that I studied my spiritual path, which is Islam, the more that I watched humanity, the more that I trained jujitsu, the more that I did chess, the more that I read Buddhism, Taoism, Christianity, Judaism, the more that I looked in the history of us humanity, not just black people, the more that I looked at the history of us, I was drawn to nonviolence little by little. And the more that I studied my path, Islam, I knew that peace was the way. The more that I studied Christianity, the more that I studied Judaism, the more that I looked at Aikido, the more that I looked at the Samurai's Path, the more that I looked at Greek philosophy, Kemetic, also known as Egyptian philosophy, I knew that peace was the way. And so I started promoting nonviolence. And people who knew me, I was getting calls way back then. Like, yo, what's up? I heard you promoting chess and nonviolence now. I know that ain't you, bro. You, you, you playing people? Like, what are you doing? They thought it was an angle. And I was like, no, I'm dead serious. Because I could see then what we're experiencing now. And I am not happy to be right. And there are so many levels to this. And there's so many different things happening. Like... I know y'all seen what Ronald Reagan said about black people being monkeys. Y'all heard that? Hmm? If you're not black, don't ever ask a black man, woman, or child why they sit when the national anthem is played. Don't ever ask. Because even on CNN, one of the guys that was interviewed about Reagan, he was trying to make Reagan seem cool and all this other stuff. And then when he got pushed against the wall, he said, well, look, every other president was racist too. So, you know, you got to give him a pass kind of a vibe. No. No. I don't have to give him a pass. Nobody tells the Jews to give any Nazis a pass. Rightly. 
They shouldn't be given a pass. I'm not going to give Reagan a pass. I'm not giving George Washington a pass. Let me tell you a story about George Washington. Quick side note. Do you know that George Washington had his life saved by one of his women slaves? An Englishman came who came to kill him. I believe on behalf of the British government. And um, Washington was like, well, you know, since you're spending the night, you know, I got a slave here. You can like kick it with her tonight. So she slept with them. And after they had sex, he told her, yeah, I'm going to kill Washington. And she told Washington and she saved his life. It's a true story. As Eddie Bravo might say, look into it. My point is, don't ever question the patriotism of the most victimized people on this land who are lucky enough to still be alive. Native Americans got it worse, but they're barely in numbers that we acknowledge. So sometimes I stand for the flag. Sometimes I don't. Back in the day, I never did before Kaepernick in the 80s. Because I knew better. Sometimes I don't know better now. But I do stand. You know when I stand? I stand at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournaments. Because I love the diversity. I love the spirit in which people appear to be their most American. I love Jiu-Jitsu tournaments. And so when, when they say to stand, I stand. Because I try to embody that. But now I look around. I see all these shootings. America is sick right now, people. You don't have to be no hardcore sociologist or psychologist to understand that America is sick. We're not good. We need help. Our children are in pain. White boys are in pain. White men are super deadly right now. Super deadly. And it's scaring the hell out of me. I'm going to give a quick shout out, heartbeat props to the following people. My instructor, Gumby, over at Heroes Martial Arts, you're a G and I appreciate you immensely. You should all follow at Heroes Martial Arts on IG. Dr. Peter Goldman, you keep my body in order and you teach me so much about uh, health that I just would not know if it weren't for you. At the SF Goldman at the SF Goldman on IG. I interviewed him about the emotional roots of, of physical illness, and it's very profound, and you'll get it in a few weeks. I also want to give a shout-out to Denny Prokopos, at Denny Prokopos on IG. Been taking some amazing Nogi classes over there, and it's just been fantastic. Thank you, Denny. Finally, I'm going to add somebody to the heartbeat props who's pretty long overdue because he's been a friend for a long time. But Ed Solis of OMBJJ, old man Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, because of the terrorist attacks that happened at the Gilroy Garlic Festival on August 11th in Gilroy at 750 West 10th Street in Gilroy at Gilroy High School on August 11th from 8 to 12, Dave Camarillo of Guerrilla Jiu-Jitsu, what up Dave, and Kyle Terra, the amazing 12-time world championship world champion, will give uh, a seminar. All the proceeds are going to the victims and the families 
of the victims of the Gilroy uh, Garlic Festival terror attack. So shout out to all of you. Much love and thank you for what you do, not just for me, but for other people and what you've done. I'm, I'm, I'm thanking you not just for what you've done for me, but but I'm thanking you for all of the unacknowledged things that you've done that nobody will ever know about. Bless you for that. Again, I, I think I've shared with you that I'm going to kind of be off IG for a little bit so you can follow me. I'll always follow back and we can message. I post a little bit of things in the stories. I've posted a few more things. Um, you know, I'm uh, I'm working on some upcoming awesomeness and, and you'll you'll dig it. You'll dig it. Um, also, for the next 12 weeks, I'm going to take one worksheet out of my book, Bobby Bruce in the Bronx. And, and and share it with you so that you can use that life strategy. Bobby Bruce in the Bronx is available on Amazon. And I'm doing this because a lot of people have been asking me advice about stuff on IG and the DMs. And I've been giving them strategies from the book and it's been working. So um, I'm just going to start sharing it with you. Something I should have done a while ago. So the first life strategy that we're going to walk, walk through today, get a pen out and write this down because you need to see it. Okay. Three PA, the greater than sign from math, right? Three PA is greater than one NT. Three positive actions are greater than one negative thought. Okay. Put that on a post-it, write it down, put it on your mirror, put it in your phone, in your notes, maybe make it your wallpaper. What this is about is that the reality that when life is getting you down, when you're getting caught in a downward spiral, that when you're getting too depressed, when you're getting too sad or you're being overcome by anxiety, this is really something that I found worked for me to overcome anxiety, that the mind is stronger than you think, but that when the body takes action, it really reinforces the mind. So... Let's say you have a phone bill coming up or a light bill. You don't have the money. What three actions can you take today to get hold of that money or to get the phone company or whatever to not turn your phone off, right? Like maybe you could call somebody like at the company. Maybe you can do some quick work online for someone to get the money, right? Um, or maybe you could get one of those horrible payday loans to figure it out. I really don't like those things because they're ridiculous. But, but, right. Sometimes you, maybe you could sell something on eBay, right. That you haven't thought about, right. There's all these options, but, um, if you're not thinking about what your best options are and you're only looking at the freight train that you think is coming at you, you won't take action, right. In chess, uh, chess is a game of action, right. Like when you're playing chess, it doesn't matter what position you're in. You have to do something. Life is the same way. No matter what's going on in your life, you have options to do something. So you need to do it. Choose three things every day. You can do more than three, but you should never do less than three. So what three things will you do today to make your life better? This can be your health. This can be your job situation. This can be your education situation. Take an action. This could be your family relationship, your relationship with your spouse, your girlfriend. This could be your relationship with your mother. This could be your relationship with your son or your daughter. 
your sister, your brother, take an action. And it doesn't mean that it'll work immediately, but you have to make a habit of not letting things just happen to you. You have to create a habit of stepping forward into the situation, no matter what it appears to be and move with conviction and consistency. So these are the three questions from the worksheet. Now that you understand how it works. When was the last time you had a problem you felt was beyond your control? I'm going to say that again. When was the last time you had a problem that you felt was beyond your control? Write that down. Now, name three things you could have done, looking back at it, to improve the situation when it first started. One more time. Name three things you could have done to improve the situation when it first started. Okay, so now name a problem that you can apply 3PA is greater than 1NT to and list the first three actions that you will take in the next 24 hours. Three actions, okay? Understand that you really got to assess what you've been through. You've got to... Write down what you're going to do, and then you have to do it. I had to do that the other day, man. I had to make some painful phone calls on some bill payments and some like cancellation of this and a recreation of that. And I was like, yo, but I did it. And I did more than three things. I think I did like five. And I was really happy. And you will sleep better because you'll know, you know what? I'm not just like sitting here, you know what I'm saying? Letting the world happen to me. Be something that's happening in the world. Be Look, you have breath, man. You have sight. You have something. So do the most with whatever you have. On a side note, I'm going to tell y'all something that I came across through a really dear friend of mine. And uh, they taught me about an app called edX, E-D-X. Download it right now. That is the best app that has ever happened in your life, probably. Basically, edX has Ivy League college classes for free online. That's right. I said for free. I just took a class on contract law at Harvard and got a certificate from it. The classes are free, but if you want the actual paper, sometimes you have to pay maybe between 50 or 100 bucks for the thing that says that you passed the class. But I did it. Contract law. Amazing class. I'm taking another class right now at Columbia that deals with creating college diversity in the classroom. And it's a beautiful class. EdX, it's free. You don't have to get the piece of paper. Every class is free. And if you take it and you fail, it don't matter because you didn't pay and you can just sign up and take it again. EdX. You don't get college credits, though. They, they, they really just do certificates and stuff like that and just the fact that you passed. So um, they've got tons of subjects. So whether it's math or science or education, right, or law or philosophy, you can do it, man. You should do it. And I'm, I'm encouraging you, right? Because one of the reasons that people are so depressed is that they don't feel prepared. This is something if you have kids in junior high or high school, you should have them sign up on edX. And you, if you're feeling stagnant, if you're feeling like your life isn't as popping as it should be, you should jump on edX. I just laced you. Now, once again, Mike, I'm going to need you to pull up some, can I get some rain? Or some maybe like a babbling brook. 
And like a harp, it is time for another jujitsu haiku. You ready? Now remember, a haiku is a, is a Japanese poem that the first line has five syllables, the second has seven, and the third has five. That's a haiku. It does not have to rhyme. And I've been doing jujitsu haikus. And now we begin with another jujitsu haiku. Closed guard, open mind, passing and finishing clean, abandon anger. Thank you. So, really quickly, because this is still a hip hop show, still a show that deals with music. What have I been listening to? I've just been listening to lo fi, man. I've been laying low pro. I, I started working on my book again. I stopped for a while because I was just having like a writer's block because I was having like on the real, just like internal trauma, trying to process some of the stuff I was trying to write about. And I got past it. So I'm about to jump into that. And when I jump into that, I tend not to listen to music that has words in it. So I've been listening to lo-fi and a lot of reggae dub. I haven't even been listening to hip hop instrumentals normally that I like I do. I've been listening to just a lot of of dub and a lot of lo-fi, keeping it super positive. I've been listening to music that heals you. Listen, I love hip hop, but sometimes hip hop is not healing. You got to listen to something else straight up, you know, and come back to it. Sometimes I just listen to hip hop instrumentals, you know, so I kind of got the vibe, but I don't have to get like psychologically pulled into whatever they're talking about. Cause they might be trying to party too hard and I ain't living like that. Maybe they talking about like being at the club and popping bottles. And I've never been that dude. Maybe they're talking about shooting fools and stabbing and fighting. And I'm not in that state. Um, so yeah, yeah. Lo-fi straight up all day. And, uh, I have some, some, some music lists, uh, reggae lists. I need to make a lo-fi list on my Spotify. I'm gonna work on that today. I'm gonna work on that today. Um, you know, you know, on the health tip, I'm going to, I'm going to share two things with you. I had a migraine that was blowing my cranium out. I get migraines really bad sometimes. Um, but I got away from my migraine through meditation. I was meditating on a train to some crystal bowls that one of my homegirls had sent me. And, um, I found it immensely healing. I hadn't been meditating for a couple of weeks, really. And I've always, you know, you know, my book, uh, the Iron Hook Scroll and the Cloud Scroll, those jujitsu books were all written based on consistent meditation. And even despite that, I will stray from meditation. Anyway, long story short, I, I was meditating on the train to these crystal bowl tones while having had a migraine for almost 24 hours, maybe a little more. I got off of the train. And um, I had the migraine for like five more minutes and then it vanished. But in that vanishing came this new clarity that really, man, like I never felt closer to humanity than in that moment. I felt in sync with every human being around me. I went to Dr. Pete's and Pete didn't even know what I was going through. I didn't even tell him. I had bought a melon on the way in, a Tuscan melon. 
It wasn't the best melon though. I didn't p- press the button right, you know, on the side of the thing. So it was, it, it, it tasted great though. Anyway, I was washing the melon and as I was washing the melon, I could really feel the water over my hands and I was very alive and I was looking out the window when there were these bees uh, doing work on these flowers in a tree in Pete's backyard. I felt so connected and I had this overwhelming sense of authentic joy, you know, and um, it's made me diligent and consistent in my meditation ever since. I've carried that vibe. I feel beautiful and whole and connected to myself, to humanity at large. And my sense of compassion has risen. I saw a homeless guy on the train. He was looking for change. And I was trying to read, so I was kind of irritated by him on the way back. I didn't, I wasn't rude to him. I just kind of shook my head like, nah. And then before he left, he left change on one of the chairs for somebody else. And I had to ask myself, what kind of guy are you where a homeless man has it in his heart to leave charity and you don't? Now, I used to do a lot of work giving food and stuff to the homeless on my own, not like a big deal, just giving food out, whatever. But um, it reminded me that giving is important. And I'm not even talking about going out and creating a new org and doing all this stuff. I'm just saying like, you can give more than you do. And you can have more compassion than you've been sharing, even with strangers. Uh, On the health talk though, outside this meditation thing, I want to remind you guys to like, that if I, I read this thing that if you can drink like a gallon of water in an hour, and you should usually be at home for the weekend when you do this, that it ups your metabolism burn rate by like 30%. And so I've been doing that for the last few days and I've done that before, but I got to say it works. If you drink like a gallon of water or a gallon of unsweetened tea, you know, uh, for people that get tired of drinking water all the time, I recommend getting like tea bags and putting it in like your big gallon and some lemon juice or some lime juice, you know. Um, it helps a lot. Just kind of switch up the flavor and not feel so monotonous. But listen, I want beautiful things for you. I hope you have a fantastic week. This interview with Amina Lay, our guest today on Bishop Chronicles, is amazing. This woman is a Chinese Muslim uh watercolor artist. She's a makeup artist. She made this sick Nipsey Hussle shirt uh, as a tribute to his contributions in hip hop and art and entrepreneurship. And it is fantastic. So I cannot wait for you to hear Amina Lay. She breaks down a lot of fantastic things about what it means to be a woman in art, how uh, her spirituality and her philosophies impact her art. We talk about hip hop because she knows her hip hop, man. She'd be knowing all her old school East Coast, but really be bait out too. So um, this is a fantastic, fantastic interview. And um, I'm really happy to share it with you. I hope that you love it. I love it. Um, in closing, you know, if you love this country like I love this country, and if you love humanity like I love humanity, or even half as much, We have to come to grips that we have to do better. We have to do better. This violence is not working. And whatever we've been doing to stop it is not working. We have to do things different. We have to think different. We have to love differently. We have to love better. We have to hear better. You know, I hate watching people deny one another's humanity. 
I think we have to change. We absolutely have to change. So let's think differently. Let's love better. Let's love harder. Let's listen better. Let's speak more truthfully. And let's try. Let's try. More than we've ever tried. Enjoy this show. Farside TV, bishopchronicles.com. Subscribe today on Spotify, iTunes, and Mixcloud. Peace. Peace to the planet Earth. You know what it is, and I mean, it is a decent banjoko. This is farsidetv.com. This is Side Life Radio. It's Bishop Chronicles. Boy, what I always tell you, you don't listen to the Iron Hook Assassin when he's speaking, do you? Nope, you don't listen. You don't listen. South Bay Shogun done told you hella times. I only kick it with the realest people. I only bring the 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 most wise, you know what I'm saying? I only bring the skilled, you know what I'm saying? You're never going to hear somebody whack on this show. <laughs> and that's why I brought. Eileen Amina to the show. We are going to talk about her art. We are going to talk about spirituality. We are going to talk about hip hop. We are going to talk about martial arts. We're going to talk about Oakland. We're going to talk about LA. We're going to talk about a lot. Welcome to the show, Eileen Amina. How are you? Thank you. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be on your show. Um, Thank you so much. I've been following your work as a Bay Area, born and raised. You can't know the Bay without understanding the work of Adisa. So it's an honor to be here. I'm not I sure am, that's actual factual. No, but. it is. You gotta be like, you know, if you know, you know. All right. That I can accept. That I can accept. Well, you know, um, I've admired your work for, was it three years ago? How long ago was that that we first connected? It was for Mind Over Matter. I I believe that it was probably almost five years ago. Was it that? You're right. Yeah. So about five years ago, Hip Hop Chess Federation hosted this uh, arts and education event called, um, um, no, it wasn't Mind Over Matter. It was called Unity and Diversity. Mind Over Matter was another thing. Right. We did. Uh, I think Mind Over Matter was an event you may have been at. That's what I think. I think that, yeah, yeah, yeah. She participated in Unity and Diversity, which was about diversity in education and technology, and um, at the time, because you're from Oakland, yeah? I'm from Oakland. Well, I mean, I'm from the East Bay. I was born and raised. I was born in San Francisco. Okay. Raised in Richmond. Okay. Residing in Oakland. Right. Before moving to New York. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So at the time, though, you were in L.A., right? When yes. I, yeah, yeah. So I was, was like, right yo. when I left New York. Okay. So I was like, yo, come up and share your art. Cause I come across it on the gram, I think through somebody else. And then like, I was just like really moved by her work. Like, um, how would you describe the art that you do? Cause you, to me, like you do different kinds of art and I'm not always the best, uh, art person in terms of explaining stuff. So I'm gonna let you tell people what you do and how you do it. How would I describe my work? Um, you know, my art is cultivated even before I touch the canvas. Um, my art is a cultivation of healing and a journey, a, a story that is uh, developed before I even start to paint. So a bulk of my um, stories is about a woman healing. Mm. And through that, I express you know, my love for Allah, mm-hmm. my um, love for femininity, 
not feminism. But what does that mean? Explain what that means, because because I want to make sure I'm hearing you right, and I want to make sure that our that our listeners hear you right. What do you mean? My interpretation is, you know, okay, with femininity, I believe in you can be strong in a as a woman in a world like this, but still cultivate that softness. Mm-hmm. That being soft as a woman is actually a strength. Agreed. And to be able to preserve that um, in a world, in a society like this, is a very, very powerful thing. Um, so a lot of my art, if you can see, either, either it's watercolor or it's oil painting, has a lot of movement to it, but it has this kind of light feel to it um, that is graceful. And you know, so- it's funny that you're saying what you're saying because... I cannot wait for all of you listeners to go see her work. Where should someone who wants to see your work go, first of all, to get a sense of what, what, because I know what you're talking about, <laughs> but where can they see it? I have a website. Um, it's laystory.com, L-E-I-S-T-O-R-Y, one word, laystory.com. It's unbelievable. Like her watercolors move. Like there's a dancer and the dancer is... Like the movement is captured and like there are so many different nuances to how she makes garments overlap each other, uh, colors, shades. I mean, it's really beautiful stuff. How did you get started doing watercolor specifically? I'm curious because it's really unique the way that you do it. Thank you. Um it just happened. I mean, it just happened on its own, like all the other forms of um, paint painting. It's like no, like I'm did you inspired. go to school for it? You taught no, yourself. I taught myself. Unbelievable. I That's what myself. I was trying to figure out because I was yeah. like, how does she do it? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, I taught myself. I'm really inspired by Chinese calligraphy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that when I do watercolor. I mean, it's 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 natural for me because I I love calligraphy. I do calligraphy as well, and so that movement and the grace and the smoothness of of the paint, um, you know, it's just it just represents like letting go. Like mm. you really have no control when you do watercolor. So it is a, a form of meditation mm. for me when you do watercolor because it's not like oil or acrylic where you can build and layer on top mm-hmm. of layering. Mm-hmm. Watercolor, you you really kind of have to be guided by you know the the medium and you really have no control over what you want to happen so it to me it's a metaphor for uh for life but more importantly that softness mm-hmm. of being feminine of grace you know um yeah i think as women we we it's easy for us to be strong and be in survival mode in a world like this. Um, I mean, we have to in some way, um, but I would like to preserve and shed light on our softness, you know, forgiveness, compassion, which I feel like we really need right now. So I hope my artwork can express that. All right. So one of the pieces that first moved me was a piece that you did that had two of my favorite icons, icons that I believe are absolutely connected to hip hop massively. I think they're I think that they are probably two of the biggest 
political and social icons in hip hop period. And that's Malcolm X and Bruce Lee. Right. Um, Tell me about how you were first introduced. What do you remember about first learning about Bruce Lee? What do you remember about first learning about Malcolm X? And then what inspired that piece? Bruce Lee, I mean, Cantonese, you know, Chinese-American kid growing up in Oakland. Like, you can't really... You're going to know some Bruce. You're going to know about Bruce, you know? And I just remember thinking, well, he's Cantonese just like me, you know? And um, how he was able to just dedicate himself to an art form that influenced the whole world. And you don't really see a lot of uh, Chinese male figures being in such a masculine role like that. So And he repped the town though. And he repped the town, you know, so he's like he's Bruce fam. if Bruce was here right now, people say <laughs> what would Bruce be doing? He'd be at the sideshows. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so yeah that's that's you know, just growing up in the Bay Area and just having that um just being around that environment with that culture where just kind of you connect with all different backgrounds and people. People were into Bruce Lee. People mm-hmm. were in, into hip hop. Were into Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be in the Bay Area and not be influenced by hip hop. Right, it all right, kind of connects, right. and I think that also connected me with Malcolm as well. Um, you know, because again, home of the Black Panthers, um, community activism, community activism, um, and then you, you're going to be introduced to the autobiography of Malcolm X. Um, and so I came and, you know, it, so I, I got the idea of what does a, a revolutionary man look like in a day like this, you know, like as I'm trying to paint and redefine femininity, the counterpart would be, what is the masculine energy? What would that look like? Mm-hmm. And so I felt like Malcolm X and Bruce Lee embodied a certain philosophy and manifested through their action in such a disciplined way right that um that is to me what a, a revolutionary man would look like now did you start out doing calligraphy at what age like when did you start doing calligraphy i think uh you know all i'm sure all my Chinese American audience can understand like we had to. They're like at birth, bro. <laughs> you know, by the time I you're came like out painting. seven, you you gonna go to some Chinese classes and do that brushwork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that brushwork. You you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> now gotta hold the pen a certain way. Yeah. And you gotta, you know. So that was a huge influence on my work. It's really fantastic though. It's really fantastic the way you blend um, all of these merging cultures and things like that. Another thing that really moved me recently was the the Nipsey Hustle tribute shirt that you made. Yes. I love that shirt. Like talk to me about where were you when you learned about the murder of Nipsey and then what I mean I'm sure his passing triggered the shirt, but what specifically triggered the visuals that you use in that shirt man that's there's so much there's so much to that um you know to be honest before his passing for a year and a half two years i was going through kind of a rough time and i was at the gym you know how it is when you go through hard stuff you're at the gym working oh i'd be knowing yeah (laughs) i'm going to the gym right now (laughs) 
you know, you, you're, you know, trying to exercise those demons out, right? So I had Nipsey in rotation constantly. And it was, Isn't he inspiring? What it, songs? Talk to me about what songs. Vict- I mean, of course, Victory Lap. But yeah. I love, you know, I love Slauson Boy. You know, I like grinding on my life. Yeah. I will knock out hella push-ups to grind on my life. Yeah. Man. Yeah. But Slauson Boy is Slauson. Yeah. Yeah, I like the old. I like the old Nipsey. But, um, yeah, it, it, it was something about his voice, his energy that was, you know, literally just, yeah, I'm on this marathon. You know, unbelievable work, man. Victory laps so hard. And, you know, I'm, I'm a harsh critic of music. Me too. I give no love. I, I give no. Yeah, I really don't give <laughs> I love. Think like, you heard about thing. this? Yeah, I think that's a big thing. thing. Like, he whack, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, he can be hella dope too. He can be hella dope. When you're from the Bay, you just be like, yeah. He's yeah. whack, bro. Yeah. You know, I know a lot, you know, no matter how much followers Drake has or this and that, you know, it, it's like, I got to feel you. And even like other popular artists, it took me a while for me to even warm up to Kendrick Lamar, to be honest with you. Man, you know, I'm, I'm, I was a real late comer to Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, me too. I was a real, because I was like, let's relax. Yeah. I'm sure he's dope, but we're going to, yeah. we're going to take a few steps back. You know exactly. what I mean? It took me a while. Yeah. I'm a legit fan now, but out the gate, no. No. No, it's you got to prove to me a little over time, you know. And so Nipsey was one of those artists. You hear one track from him and you're addicted. Mm-hmm. And every track on the album, you're like, this is dope. This is dope. This is dope. <laughs> I like so at the gym, I don't got to like I just skip around. I don't got to skip around. I just put my Nipsey on my little Apple and it just plays all the Nipsey and I'm good in the gym, you know. And so he got me through. He got me through some really tough times. And um, I was at the beach, actually. It's one of my my self-care moments, just at the beach writing. And I was just kind of scrolling through Instagram, taking a break and seeing that he was in the hospital. Um, I prayed. I prayed to a lot at that moment. Like, not this one. I know. Not this one. And uh, I was at the beach long enough to get the final word that he has passed. Yeah literally just like cried into my beach towel yeah um because that was and i was in la at that time devastating i was devastating man yeah yeah and so with nipsey's passing he actually has a role in my own spiritual path as far as um when nipsey passed Minister Minister Farrakhan, who I follow uh, very closely, came to L.A. to go to the marathon mm-hmm. store and speak. And during that time, because he was in L.A., um, I was able to give a painting to Minister Farrakhan at the same time. Um, so going through the struggles with Nipsey and then being able to give one of my teachers, a painting expressing how I feel and expressing it my gratitude. What was I on mean, the painting that you gave Minister Farrakhan? It's a, it's a woman pregnant um, doing the Fajr prayer. And Fajr prayer is the morning prayer in Islam. Right, right. Exactly. And so like the, the background is like the right before sunrise. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you see a little bit of the night. Mm-hmm. You see the day coming in at the same time. You see a woman pregnant um, in prayer, um, the moon, the stars, everything. So um, it's a reflection of the teachings that a nation can rise no higher than its woman and, you know, the value of a womb. And I believe that, you know, in the nation of Islam, we believe that the nation is in, in its womb and it's evolving and a new world is going to come through, but it's going to come through the woman. But also with that process, I believe that the woman's mind, the woman's heart, spirit has to be aligned with Allah or in other words, love herself so much that she can produce a new nation, a new civilization. Let me ask you then, like, you know, I teach in in, 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 in a high school and I feel like today's young women are completely lost. Mm-hmm. I feel like today's young women, and when I say young, I'm going to say from 14 for real to like 24, 25. Right. Okay. Right. That there is a lot of pain. There is a lot of trauma. I'm talking about mental, physical, spiritual trauma, usually imposed more often than not by men, you know, on hell of levels that are like sublime and overt. And I don't feel like there's enough outlets for women to consistently cultivate their higher selves. Right. I was just telling one of my homegirls, like two weeks ago, I was walking after school and there were just a bunch of different high school girls on the street, just, you know, talking, waiting for the bus, whatever. And I was telling her, I said, I've never seen a generation of girls so young that were so angry. Right. Like they were all angry. Right. They didn't even know each other. Like I'm looking at, you know, there's some across the street. There's some yeah. like where I'm standing. There's some on the bus. And I can just see just like that ice grill, that cold eyes. And like, I'm like, you know, uh, while trying not to fall into like judgments and stuff and like right. being a guy telling a, uh, any girl or woman how they should be, I have just never seen this level. And I was like, I'm not used to seeing girls this angry ever. Right. I mean, like, I could be reading it wrong. Do you read it similar? Do you feel the same? Like, Oh, absolutely. You- absolutely. And I think that they had to be. Mm-hmm. I think that whatever, you know, how our society is, where, where our society is currently at, um, the culture from even beauty and fashion, um, it's very harsh and it's, it's, it's not valuing women. And so I think that not only like, you know, women, my, my age, like mid thirties, we have to kind of shed this, um, harshness about us to survive. Um, but also there's young women growing up in a culture like this. And so they know nothing else, but to be this, I mean, if you, you take a look at makeup, I mean, the, you know, I do makeup, um, as well. It's a very harsh look. Mm Mm-hmm the lashes, mm-hmm. the contouring, the everything. Mm-hmm. And even like your clothing is really harsh. So we have young women that's growing up in it. Um, and there's also like women that's like struggling to actually find that softness that I spoke about earlier. Yeah. We, you know, this is the society that we live in and, and we, as women, we have to protect ourselves. I mean, who who else is protecting us? Mm. That's, that's deep because 
you know, one of the things that I've also struggled with looking at young boys today, I'm going to, I'm going to start with, 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 with young black males, but I, I do think that this is a, a universal perspective is today's young boys don't seem to have any regard for the sacredness of women. Like I see boys who will punch any girl their age, right. like they would punch any boy their right. age. Mm-hmm. And that's unthinkable for my generation. Mm-hmm. Like you would get dragged as a boy punching a girl as hard or having having the intent to punch them. Like it was just a cultural imperative. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so I see them. I'm going to tell you a slightly funny but crazy uncool story. <laughs> just to just to frame this perspective I have. Several years ago, there was a boy at a high school I worked with and he was small for his age. Yeah. But he was a crazy talker, you know what I mean? So, he had said something to one girl and she was upset and you know it was this whole thing and then it got very intense and then school let out. And so his grandmother was coming to get him and he went outside in front of the school and the girl who he had a problem with and like three or four other girls kind of like half circled around him. His like back was to a wall. And yeah. he was like, why was you talking crazy to her? Yeah. You were being disrespectful, blah, blah. And in the middle of their whole presentation, he just slapped one of them like hard. Yeah. Boom. And all the girls, like they all kind of jumped back and he was like, I slap hoes. And man, it was crazy because they looked at each other and they pounced on him mm-hmm. like wolves. Right. Right. And so he's getting mopped. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm a security guy. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm in the back of the school. I come up to the front of the school. As I come up to the front of the school, his grandmother who's coming to get him pulls up. Wow. But she, <laughs> this is so crazy. She parks her Cadillac like diagonal in the street uh-huh. and she hops out and she had on, I'm not kidding when I say this is hard to believe, but I promise you, <laughs> she had a cornrow wig on. A cornrow, cornrow wig. wig. Okay, so she like, she that. like pulls it down. Like she kind of like checks oh, it to wow. make sure that it's legit. And she was like, not my baby. Oh. And she runs over there and starts trying to chunk him. And it was crazy pandemonium. My point is, when I looked at this chaos, right, because I had to pause for a minute, and I was like, "Am I? did I just watch a woman in a cornrow wig tighten her joint up before springing into the melee? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, society, I was looking at society's ills in that moment. Yes, yes. And absolutely. I jumped in with the security squad. We broke it up. But I was like, his response to their confrontation of him was completely unacceptable. Right. And I just was like, and that was years ago, man. Like I right. bet you that was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many boys like him in America. And I feel like our schools are not teaching that. And I also feel like our, our homes are broken and that's not exactly. helping. Like, exactly. yeah. what do we do about that? And how do we teach the girls that they should never be even treated that way? Cause they seem to believe they might. That it's okay. That it happens so much. It's standard issue. Right. How do we reprogram? I'm not saying that you have to have an answer. I'm just curious. 
Well, I mean, this reminds me of the whole issue of the current, the current issue of like the, the abortion, mm-hmm. um, you know, pro-life or pro-choice. And there's like a huge debate on that. But for me, when I look at that, I don't see it as just so simple as pro-life or pro-choice. Even if you're pro-choice, you know, as women, we have the rights to control when or you know when we can have kids and things like that. But it's so much more to that. We need to have education on even if you decide to have an abortion, can we talk about mental health after that? Can we talk about the shame that comes after that? Because when we're talking about abortion right now, there's people that are coming out and sharing their stories about abortion mm-hmm. and how like empowered by it. But I'm telling you, as women, we gotta under- we gotta study our nature. How our emotions are connected to our bodies and how we can maintain the health of that and what well-being means. And I think that if we dive deeper into the connection between um, our bodies and our emotions as women, um, then we can understand and deal with this abortion thing a lot better. Yeah, it's powerful. For me, um, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a man. So I don't believe that I should have any say over anything that a woman chooses to do with her body. My my thing is that at the end of the day, I think that women are the closest thing that any man can ever know to God right. until they die. Like, I actually so, believe yeah. that. Like, mm-hmm. I actually believe that because... Second self of God. We are created in their womb. Right. And to come out of that very place and then grow up to try to legislate it is unfathomable to me. Like, I have my own thoughts about when life starts. I have my own thoughts about abortion. But none of my thoughts are more important than any woman's actual decision. Mm Mm-hmm. Whether I believe it's informed or not, whether I believe it's spiritually aligned or not, I don't believe that I ever have the right to tell any woman what to do with her body, ever. Mm -hmm. And it's just so weird, you know what I mean? And so this is why I think art is important, because Mm -hmm. how we express our souls and how we share things with the world, you know, like... Our stories. Yeah, like I often wonder, like, if you look at medicine or you look at science or you look at any given you know thing i say if sexism wasn't so rampant what diseases would be gone already mm. but because we didn't teach this girl in afghanistan this disease is still here mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. what technological advancements do we not have because this black girl in south africa was never given a chance mm-hmm. to learn calculus you know what i'm saying like right. i wonder about like like the cultural, the global cultural impact of sexism on the planet. And and, and so it's like, you know, when I see your work, I'm very moved by so much of what you do. And, and like, I feel like I already know the answer, but like how much of your work is informed by your spirituality? Um, Honestly, my work or my artwork is a reflection of my own healing process. So healing process really to me is my own spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. They're one in the same. Mm-hmm. Um, if it wasn't for art, I wouldn't be here talking to you. Mm. 
I mean, that's just bottom line. Um, my art is my relationship with Allah. Mm-hmm. My art is uh, my, you know, my my meditation, my self care. But it's it's a is an intimate relationship with myself that that allows me to connect with Allah, and also helped me make money. Right. You know, allowed me to survive in, you know, in New York all by myself in a in a very um, struggling moment. Um, but I mean, I grew. Art allowed me to grow. Art allowed was was patient enough with me. Was there for me when I was, you know, all by myself going through it. You know, so as my art evolved, that's a reflection of me spiritually. Um, my first show was called A Nation Can Rise No Higher Than Its Woman. Mm-hmm. And that's the teachings that I follow through the nation, through the honorable Elijah Muhammad. And they teach that when you teach a man, you teach an individual. But when you teach a woman, you mm-hmm. teach a nation. And so... Which is why I like to teach women jujitsu. One time! Absolutely. Anyway. I need to go to one of your classes, Stop too. playing. Come through so you can I really need people, to. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... With with this knowledge, I'm like, you know, I'm I gotta heal myself, mm-hmm. you know, and that that is in line with my love for Allah in my life. Mm-hmm. So my artwork is a love story. That's deep. It's a love story. It's a love story for myself. It's a love story between me and Allah. It's my it's a love story of of women all across the world that wants to express herself but is unable to in this harsh world. So I'm speaking for them and just, you know, there's women that want us just, we just want to be ourselves Yeah, and we don't even know what that is anymore. Yep. No, Steve. I got so wrapped up in the Nipsey Hussle original. Listen, we never got back to the creation of the shirt. Oh, whoops. That right. was my bad. <laughs> it just got deep. We started going down this. It's good. Right. So in my Nipsey Hussle shirt, it's, Nipsey Hussle in the back, you have the shape of Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lion's face coming yeah. through it. You know, I feel like Nipsey Hussle represented a lot more than just being an artist. You know, he he embodied the original. He did. Absolutely. And he was able to capture that essence in his work. And um, to me... I feel like we live in a world that doesn't value artists a lot. And so with his work and his life, I feel like Allah was showing the people that you despise and throw away, I can pick one out of them and he can rise. Yeah. And he can influence and heal the world. It's unbelievable. The gangs came together in a unity peace parade. I saw that. Were and over like 40 years. Were you there for I was that? I wasn't able to yeah, go. Yeah. But it was an amazing was... day. The footage is so moving. It's all over YouTube, so don't say y'all can't see it. Exactly. And so in the shirt, I try to capture that he was more than just a crip or a successful or a artist or, or a rapper or mm-hmm. an artist. He 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 was uh, an amazing force mm-hmm. and power that that influenced everyone but i love that man i just i just love it's it's not someone that's like has a certain title 
yeah. political Just like, status. He came from nothing and was able to really influence our future generation to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can thrive off being yourself mm-hmm. and have no shame of where you come from because where you come from actually empowers you. Yes. It's powerful. Yeah. It's deep. What other um, rap artists inspire you or have inspired you over time? What would you say? Man, there's so many. Um, How you going to ask me that question? There's so many. We can speak like all day. In our eight-part episode. (laughs) Um, I think I was really into Scarface. Scarface is so hard. I was into rock. I'm into rock him. Stop Rakim Allah, no cuss words. Come on, man. Straight science, man. Science. And I think that listening to him really, you know, encouraged me to kind of like, what okay, Islam. What's yeah. Islam? What what songs? What songs? Um, Seventh Letter. Um Who is God? Who is God? I mean Who is God is so lyrical yeah. and visual. What? You know, I need to make a painting of Rakim Allah. Yeah, Rakim is hard. I need to do that. I need to do like a shirt of Rakim. And I remember, I remember off that first album, the the Chinese arithmetic track where he's not even rapping; it's just Eric B. cutting. Yeah. Over the water sounds crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Rakim's large. Very of course, large. of course, Pac. Yeah. You know, being from the Bay as Come well. On, man. It's California love. It's thug life. You know right. what I'm saying? And I think that, you know, the time that I grew up in, like, listening to hip-hop is so closely related to justice mm. and truth yeah, and standing up that. for truth. Yeah. And so being in the Bay Area and, you know, going to Rasputin's and Amoeba and Yo, then- Yo, like- if you're from the Bay, you already know. <laughs> if you're from the Bay, you already know. And then right around the corner, there's like a revolutionary bookstore. So I went and got my, you know, my AZ, my Cormega. And then you got to have your Bay Area independent rap, right? Yeah. You get your, you got to have San Quinn. You got to have Messy Marv. You got to have a little JT. You got to have all of that with your, you know. But I, you know, even though I'm like so West Coast Bay with it, I still love my New York. Me too. I know how here, you know, every episode I throw W's, you know what I'm saying? Because we're trying to let them know that it's Worldwide West Side. But exactly. the East Coast is still dope. I'm it's really not hating. Dope. Yeah. So who you, who you, does you, Cormega, AZ, AZ right? Mm-hmm. Rakim. Um, who else? Who else? You ever listen to Jedi Mind Tricks? No. Jedi Mind Tricks is really hard, but they're dark. So you got to, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they can get like real inspirational, but when they go dark, like I can, sometimes I can only listen to Jedi Mind Tricks instrumentals because yeah. my heart cannot hang with the <laughs> lyrics, but they're dope. Was, was he dark as Brother Lynch? Much darker than Brother Lynch. Wow. Yeah. That's... yeah. Vinny Paz, Vinny Paz is incredibly, he can like take you on some spiritual journey or yeah. he can like take you through like some murder vision in philadelphia and you're just like i can't do this yeah <laughs> or what about brand nubian always brand nubian man yeah first 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 two or three were fire first two or three are fire brand nubian um who do you like right now outside of like nipsey is there anybody that stands out to you um 
Like I like Mozzie. You know, from Sad. Yeah. I like Mozzie. Um I like Big Crit. I don't listen to him enough. I can't lie. I only heard like two tracks, but I wasn't mad. I just I don't follow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like Big Crit. He kinda reminds me of a little bit of Andre three thousand. Yes, what I heard. That's yeah. What I heard. yeah. He yeah, produced yeah. like his own music as well. He's yeah. phenomenal. Um, in that I like Big Crit. You know, it's crazy. I kind of took a break from hip hop a little bit. You have to. Yeah. You I know, think, you um, know, like hip hop <laughs> is depressing sometimes, man. Like, I mean, I don't know what it, I don't know what's going on right now. I don't know what the new stuff is. Like, I can't keep up. So I find myself if I do listen to hip hop, it's like, you know, San Quinn. It's like yeah, my whole like yeah. Bay Area yeah. stuff. Um, it's funny you say that. Like, I find like as a writer. Like the more I get towards, because I'm working on a book right now, yeah. the more I work on my book, the less I listen to rap music or specifically rap music with lyrics. So I'll play, like I said, like Jedi Mind Tricks instrumentals. Yeah. That's, right. Mm-hmm. Like I'll play like Gangstar instrumentals. You know what I mean? Or I'll go look up like sample sources for Jedi Mind Tricks and I'll play the the people they sample. Yeah. You feel me? Like, yeah. Who do you listen to that's not hip hop that inspires you? I listen to a lot of um, like instrumentals, like you say, mm-hmm. but I love cinematic orchestra. Mm-hmm. I paint to that like obsessively. Really, I love cinematic orchestra. Um, I listen to like like Hans Zimmerman, you know, like yeah, I, I'm into that right now. Um, who else? I mean, I've been listening to Nipsey Hussle like this past whole three months yeah he can take up a lot of <laughs> he your take life. he can take up a lot of your life yeah but you listen to reggae i don't listen to reggae really i need i feel like i need to get deeper into I reggae. To reggae a lot i listen to reggae a lot yeah not the dance hall stuff like roots strictly roots oh nas <sighs> nas boy nas yes i mean and you know, I throw a little sugar free in there a little bit because yeah. it's West Coast. <laughs> I can't help it. I, can't. I like above the law too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like above the law. Um, but yeah, no, I think, you know, being in the Bay Area, you know, you just you're you tie hip hop into educating yourself and yeah, for for justice too, you know. And yeah, the, it's and a resistance. It's a res, it's a for, like listening to music is a form of resistance. I remember like Zion I crew. Zion I word. You know, I remember La Pena Cultural Center, and that's my you know listen to Zion I. You know, that's when Guaple was starting. Listen, so. if you from the West, bro, <laughs> and especially if you from the Bay, you already know exactly La Pena Cultural Center. Fire, fire. So, do you have any new shows coming up? Do you have any new? Uh, art exhibits what are you working on right now um i'm working on a book um about my journey into islam that is beautiful um, can you share any insights from from that right now it's in this it, it's in his womb stages so i kind of like to keep it uh under wraps for now. under wraps until it's you know higher stages but i really want to expose more about um chinese calligraphy islam watercolor bay area tie that all you know together into a beautiful book Um, you have my attention 
Yes. I think, you know, I think what's going on in China right now with the Muslims as a Chinese American, it's my way of standing up and speaking about, um, about who I am, you know? Yeah. It's really deep. If you're not really up and I spoke about this on the Ramadan episode, you know, there are absolute crimes against humanity happening in China right now against the Muslims. Uh, even the United States government has shown aerial photos of what appear to be internment camps. We're talking about a real life modern Holocaust, and it's very hard to get information, mm-hmm. but you see what's rolling out. And the Chinese government is doing a lot to prevent people from really getting clarity on it. And I just don't think that enough is happening from this country. Um, And I know that not uh, not enough is happening from Muslim countries because this is sad and and this should not be okay with with the world. And so um, I have a hard time understanding what can be done to help. I think that's the problem that I have with what's going on in China, as well right. as what's been going on in Myanmar, right? right? Because on both sides, I just feel helpless to help. I don't know what to do. And in Myanmar, Buddhists are killing scores of Muslims continuously without anything that I would consider um, substantial resistance by the world community. Right, right. And, you know, my own journey, I have learned so much about islam in china that i like why isn't this taught in schools yeah that the first mosque ever to be built in china was in guangzhou where Mm. my family is from Mm. and i didn't grow up in a family that was you know religious at all and but i certainly know that you know through islam i was able to go back into my roots and find out more about my history yeah and so with what's going on right now it's 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 hard for me to accept but I wish more Chinese American, Chinese American would stand up about this. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in the Asian American community to be more active in standing up for what's right. Yeah. It's hard. It's weird to watch in America. Like the 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 silence among so many, right. I clearly see that something's happened, even if it's not what it appears to be, and I believe it is what it appears to be. There's just no concern, and it's very frustrating. I think it's that may be in part, and I'm not giving anybody a pass, but I think that may be in part because people think that all Muslims are Arabs, right? Thank black you, people. So this whole Thank idea, you. like, oh, they got Muslims over there, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like Ben had Muslims over there, Ben. Many, many Muslims over there. Long history of culture, like Wushu Kung Fu right. is a Muslim art. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Like 20 years after Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings upon him, after his passing, that's the first mosque that was built in China. It was 20 years. So that was like 600 AD. Yeah. That's how long the Muslim presence was in China. Yeah. And so I, you know... I think about who I am as an artist, Chinese. I'm going to be the best Muslim that I could be. I'm going to keep creating good art, making sure that I keep studying and, um, and keep talking and, um, you know, about what Islam means to me as a Chinese American and expressing my story. So I, that's my way of hoping that I could 
help in some way. No, that's beautiful. And I really want to thank you for coming on Bishop Chronicles. How can people get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you, buy your art or, or, or just engage you? Yes. Uh, my website, laystory.com. Um, my Instagram hashtag, Amina Lay, A-M-I-N-A-L-E-I. L-E-I is my dad's uh, last name, of course. And I'd always want to represent it because he was a political propaganda artist during the Cultural Revolution in wow. China. And he did all these political slogans and, and you know, made his wonderful art. So he's my first art teacher. Salute to Pops. Yeah. So I'm working on making him, like, create some beautiful work with me. So it runs in the blood, you know, creating art that speaks truth to power. So check me out. Oh, you know what I meant to ask you? If yes. there are any women out there who uh, are looking about art, who are thinking about art, who do art and are struggling, you know, finding a place for it or finding themselves, you know, in their art, like what, what advice do you have for them? Be yourself, be yourself. And really, you know, being an artist is also being a good businesswoman. Um, you kind of have the balance of those two, two worlds. It's, it's important to be creative um, and maintain that creativity, but also get into study of um, what it means to create good business um, because you're selling yourself at the end of the day. And I think that being a makeup artist for such a long time really allowed me to understand business. So I would say, you know, to keep investing yourself, investing in business classes, um, take care of your well-being. Self-care will really help with your creativity. Um, and think outside the box because for a long time, I thought, man, I'm stuck being a makeup artist. That's my nine to five. But actually that was a beautiful source of me actually being able to use Barney's mm -hmm. or Saks, mm -hmm. Nordstrom's, these retailers that I work as a makeup artist they're my clients now yeah and i do illustrations for them so wherever you are that's a beautiful thing beautiful thing about art no matter what your day job is some way somehow art can be integrated into that and you can make money off of that that is fantastic thank you for being on bishop chronicles all right y'all you know what it is farsidetv.com right right side life radio <laughs> know what i mean it's so a worldwide west side out here, you know what I'm saying? We're repping the Bay to LA, you know what I'm saying? It's California love all day, you know what I'm saying? All day. This is what we do. The Iron Hook Assassin is out. Stay blessed. Peace. Teacher, what style is that?